The text for this morning's message will be found in the book of Proverbs in chapter 4. Can you stand with me as we read our text together? Proverbs chapter 4. Just one verse there that will be our anchor point for this morning's sermon. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Proverbs 4 and verse 23. The Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. One more time, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this day and this time to come together. Lord, I ask now that you would be with us in this preaching time. Lord, that you would remove the distractions in our heart and our mind. Help us to be attentive. Move in us by your spirit in our minds and our hearts, Lord. And help us to leave from here changed, strengthened. Do the work that only you can do, Lord. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Chances are, if you've spent any time reading the Bible or, or any time around church, you've probably heard this verse before. It's a good verse. It's one of those great one-liners that Solomon writes that just kind of stick in your mind and stick in your head. Keep your heart. And we know the need for that, right? That we are to be watching over our heart, watching over our feelings, watching over our thoughts, and uh, guarding those. The word keep used here in... in uh, the King James and translated guard in some translations, it means just that, to guard, to protect, to keep a watch over, just as any guard would keep bad guys out of a place they're not supposed to be in or you would be watchful over. That's the same principle that's here. We are to watch over and to guard our hearts and to do it diligently. We know we need to be careful. But quite often we just get going along with life and we let our guard down and we start thinking things along the line of, ah, it's no big deal. Ah, it's not that bad. And before we know it, we've had things get into our heart that have messed up areas of our life, haven't they? That's why Solomon says, out of your heart are all issues of life. Chances are, if we've stumbled, if we've slipped, it's because we've let some things into our heart and our mind we should not have. We let our guard down and things got us off track. We have to be vigilant in that. And more so in this day and age that we live in. Because let me just be quite frank, it's getting scary, isn't it? It's getting scary. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of news. I try not to just because it would make me a angry, nervous wreck if I kept up with every single thing that came along, but there are things that come across in the news that scare me. The moves against churches, which we've been talking about the past month or so, so I'm not going to go into that, but the, the, the moves against churches and um, trying to shut them down or silence pastors, which, by the way, I sent out a, a, a thing that was a bit of good news Though I do not agree with him doctrinally, um, there was a move to put a restraining order against a pastor named John MacArthur in his pulpit. A restraining order on a pastor in the state of California so that he would not preach. That's insane. That is a violation of inalienable rights that the Constitution supports. Okay, 
But it was good news to see that there was fight back against that, and a judge in California ruled that not only could he preach, but that church could have in-service, in-person services and sing and do what they're supposed to do. That's a great victory. And like I said, though I might differ with him doctrinally, I will stand with anyone who stands for religious liberty because that's so very important. But you, you hear things like that happening and it scares me. I hear of murders and it scares me. That poor little kid, Cannon, I forget his last name, five years old, shot in the head in his front yard. Things like that scare me. The, the world is getting worse and darker. It scares me as I see the dark things that come to light. Dark, I, I don't know better word to use. <laughs> dark things that are starting to be exposed, that are going on behind closed doors. And more and more they are coming to light. Along with what is being pushed as normal in society and things that are ignored and allowed to happen, I see the effects it's having and it scares me. It's not just affecting society. It's affecting the very core of society. You see, what makes up any people group, what is the building block for any nation, is the family. The family. It is a building block that is designed by God Himself. Our society is built on families. If the family is healthy, then the society is healthy. And families are under attack from every direction. And we are caught in the middle as God's people. You see, we are in a fight this morning. A fight for the family. And it's long been under attack. That much is clear just as you read Scripture. From the first pages of the Bible, we see the attack of Satan on the family. Satan, when he, he brings sin into the garden and he, he starts with his temptation, he's not just uh, fighting against humanity, he's fighting against marriage. He goes for the woman, the weaker vessel, as the Scriptures tell us. That's not by accident. That's by design. Satan knows what he's doing. He's trying to attack the marriage. And he doesn't stop there because you see within the first generation of natural-born humans, we have disobedience. We have hatred and we have murder. Cain and Abel. You think Satan didn't have a hand in it? Oh, yes, he does. Let me remind you what the scripture says in Genesis 4 and 7. As God is speaking to Cain, he says, If you do well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Sin is crouching at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. He says, Cain, sin is crouching at the door, and he wants to rule over you. You need to rule over him. Kind of sounds like the text this morning, doesn't it? Guard your heart, because sin is there trying to take you down. We see then that the very first family was under attack. And listen... If Satan would try to destroy the first family, he will do so with yours as well. And if there is a failure to watch out for sin that is trying to, to take us down, 
If there's a failure in that and sin gets into our hearts, it will cause extreme damage. And the first casualties will be our family. So we need to take this warning today and take it in the fight, to a, the fight for our family. I want you to see how this applies in the fight for your family. How important is it that us parents, us husbands, us wives, we guard our hearts with all diligence as we seek to protect our family from what's going on? I hope to do that this morning with God's help. Let me first say this. If you think that all that's going on and all the news stories and all the legal battles, all the curriculum changes in your children's schools, the pride days, the pride parades, all the all-gender restrooms, the TV commercials, the billboards, the ease of illicit material at your fingertips, all of that, if you think that is not a direct attack from the very pit of hell against your family and everyone like it, you better wake up. Because that's exactly what it is. And it's all around, isn't it? Some, sometimes people can get into the mindset of saying, it's fine, it's fine. Well, let me just remind you, as you look out into the world and as you see all that's going on, it's not fine, it's a fight. It's a fight. We're in a spiritual battle. And what you see very, being played out before your very eyes is a battle between good and evil. Ephesians chapter 6 says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. There are rulers who are pushing the darkness, the dark things that we see. That's what we're fighting against. And their aim is you, husbands, you, wives, you, children. So it's not fine. It's a fight. And we can't expect for this day to come when the attacks just let up, like when things are going to get easier. Expect as time goes on for the war to rage on. So all I want to simply start out by saying is, is it's time to get up and get in the fight. It's time for us to fight for our family and against the attacks that come at it. You hear me today, Dad? You're on the front line. Moms, you're there supporting him and we all have tremendous influence on our kids. It's time to toe the line in this fight because if we don't, who else will? You think the world's going to care for your family? Nope. Ain't going to happen. If the church will not stand for our family units and fight for what is right, who else, who else will? No one else will. So it's time for us to stand up against the attacks. What do we need to guard our heart against? What do we need to guard our hearts against? Well, there's a couple of ways these attacks will come. The first way is external attacks, external attacks from the outside. Anyone with any sense can see the external attacks on the family, right? These come from like the more vocal parts of society. Those who continually try to replace the truth of God with lies. Those who try to tear down the structure that God has built. 
to try to remove any resemblance of biblical values. They come in the form of laws. They come in the form of mandates, of of statements, of things made legal so everybody is supposed to accept it. I don't have to go into a great deal of detail because you already know, right? You know what's going on. You have seen those happen. Our nation has long been sliding down that slope. I want to say this is not new, nor is it unique to America. Any look at any society, any people group, you can see this slide begin to take place. You see it in the ancient civilizations. As the nation declines and sin becomes normalized, the nation goes downhill and eventually dies. You can see that in the Roman Empire. You can see that in America happening today. Paul gives us an example in Romans chapter 1. If you want to keep your finger here and turn over there quickly, I just want to show you real quick. Romans chapter 1. We could pick it up in verse 24. It says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. There is a, a, a bent towards immorality. And then they, begin, then they begin to follow after that and says God gave them over. Verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust toward one another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was meat. It starts with immorality, which leads to homosexuality as the nation begins to decline. And then it takes another step down. Verse 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. It goes on and on. But do you see the progression? Immorality to homosexuality to a debased or reprobate mind. We can trace that in our nation's history. This started for America, oh, about during the mid-50s or so. Really with the rise of Hugh Hefner's empire and publication, the nation took on a whole new direction. This became normalized, publicized, and out there. And that set the ground for the actions that took place in the 60s. The immoral revolution of free love. (laughs) We as a nation chased that. We fought for that. Against the warnings of the preachers of the day, America became intoxicated with it. And what is the phrase that occurs three times here in Romans chapter 1? God gave them over. If that's what you want, fine. If that's what you're going to search after, fine. And we has, Avenation has followed after that. And it wasn't too long after that, or about 15 or 20 years or so, that the gay rights movement began to take hold and gain momentum. 
And this so-called life choice, which is a sin, the Bible tells us it's a sin, this was pushed on society as normal. But it took a while to be accepted. I think there was still a stronger general morality within society. If anything, Satan is persistent. And for the past 40 years or so, the push for that has been incessant to the point where no one really bats an eye at it anymore. It's become normal. Immorality, homosexuality. And the next step down, you and I have seen with our very eyes. In this generation, the attack now is on the very basic gender of a human being. And the, the audacity to claim, well, that's a person's choice. I can choose whether or not I am male or female. And that choice can differ depending on the day. That's a debased, reprobate mind. That is a fallen mind. And you know what that leads to? It leads to worse. It's not higher enlightenment. It's going down. That will lead to, and it has led to, other abominations. Namely this, older men saying they identify as a young boy or young girl. So then it makes it okay for certain actions. We are not far. We are not far if we are not already there from pedophilia being pushed in society as normal. Let me say again, beloved, that is a debased, reprobate mind. It is good for nothing. It is completely and utterly depraved, fully given over to sin, and it is disgusting and damning is what it is. And our nation has followed that. Do you think that's by chance? Satan's goal has been that from the beginning. Not just with our nation, but with society as a whole. Attack and destroy the family and everything else falls. So do not be surprised at the attacks that come when you stand and say the truth. When you stand and say God created male and female. It's not that hard to understand. It's right there on the first pages of the book. Marriage is between one man and one woman for life to enjoy each other and all the blessings of marriage. And they are to have children and raise them up to serve the Lord. When you stand and say that, expect pushback. When you stand and say that anything outside of that plan is sin, because that's God's plan and it is perfect. When you say anything outside that is not acceptable and we reject that, Expect the attacks to come. And the attacks are not subtle anymore. Abominations are being legalized and we are forced to accept them, though we do not. And these things are taught in the school as normal. <laughs> in fact, it's to the point, if you have a mom and a dad who's been married in the home, you're the weird one. That's outside the norm. It's a full-out assault on biblical principle. And you know how it started? With sin in the heart. With sin in the heart, which led to worse. We'll get to that here in just a few minutes. So how do we defend against that, against the external attacks? Go back to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. 
I want you to look up just a couple verses above our text and see this here. Proverbs 4 and verse 20. It says this, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep my words. You want to know how to fight against the truth of, uh, a fight against the attacks of the world? You keep the truth of God within your heart. You keep the truth of God right before your eyes. You keep that prominent. You follow what His Word says. You stand on what His Word says. What does verse 22 say? Because it's health to them and good to them that find it. God's plan is good. In fact, it's perfect. His design for marriage and His family, a man and a woman... And a family, it's almost like we were made exactly for that. (laughs) It's because we are. His design is flawless. It works perfectly. Well, what about the problems in marriage? What about the divorce rate? The only problems come because of sin in the heart. But God's design works perfect. And when it is put into practice, it's good. Not only for the family, it's good for the world in general. It's deviations from the design that has led to problems. It's good because it's true. So you know what you need to do, parents? Teach it. Teach teach that truth to your children. Be bold in that. Have those conversations. In fact, we're told to do that from the start. Doesn't Deuteronomy chapter 6 say this? Teach them diligently to thy children. Talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Bind them as a sign on your hand, as frontlets between your eyes, and write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Oh, the truth of God should be taught in your house. Are you doing that? You want to fight for your family? Start by teaching them the Word. Hey, the schools are not the primary teachers in the ways of life. I hope you understand that. They had better not be. They want to teach my kids 2 plus 2 equals 4? Fine. I will be the one to tell them who God is. I will be the one to tell them what life is about as I show them what God Himself says. What He has done for us. What He expects. Unless you're too busy. Unless you're too busy for Bible study. Too busy to tell them and teach them about Jesus. Well, because I've got to watch a show. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You don't think that's by design? You don't think Satan's trying to take advantage of that? Oh, yes, he is. Your kids sit captive in a room, well, on a computer screen now, I guess, for what, five, six hours a day? Do you realize just 20 to 30 minutes a day you can undo that and build in them a foundation if you would simply sit down with them and teach them about Jesus? That's going to defend. That's the first line of defense. Yes, it requires diligence. It requires time. But the investment you take in that time will be invaluable to help protect them and you against the attacks of the devil. Okay? That's not the only way. we're, We're familiar with the external attacks, but there's another way he works. Internal attacks. What 
does the most damage is the ways Satan can come at, come at us on the down low. How he works into our heart from other ways. How he tries to take our families down through other ways. And most of these ways are going to deal with temptation, with deception, with diverting our, our thinking away from God to other things. It's a time-tested approach. He's used it for all of time because it works. We must remember that Satan is the father of all lies. Jesus says this in John chapter 8. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Satan is the father of lies. So he uses those all the time. He's good at it. And it works on us. He fools us all the time, doesn't he? We need to guard our hearts against the lies of Satan. And he will work on all areas of our life. The Bible tells us that he is on the prowl as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may what? Not nip at. Not push around. Devour. Destroy. That's his goal. And he's going to come at you any way he can. He'll come at you with deception. He'll fool you into thinking one way or another and taking your eyes off the truth of God, getting you to set it aside and to question it. Is that what the Bible really says? Is it really that important? Is it that big, big a deal? Nah, it's okay. A little here and there. As long as nobody knows, it's okay. And he'll deceive you into taking your eyes down from the truth of God, letting your guard down. He'll deceive you into thinking that what you have is not good enough and bait you with something else. You deserve better. I know what you have is a blessing from God, but look, at you need more. And that runs the gamut from possessions to spouses. Which, by the way, is nothing new. That's exactly what he did in the garden, didn't he? Did God really say that, Eve? It would be so much better if you just bite that apple, whatever it is. <laughs> so much better. Then you'll be like God. Don't, not to mention, you've got this whole garden and God has given you all of this and you have this relationship, but it's not good enough. Just this will be so much better. It's not that bad. Satan hasn't changed. We fell for it then. We still fall for it, don't we? Deception and temptation. Now, some of the attacks and some of the ways he'll leave you, lead you, they don't seem so bad on the surface. It would be so much better if I had a new house or a new car or new clothes. Those are not evil, right? It's not evil. But the result of how we follow after those things can have very damaging consequences, namely this. We're not home. We're out at work trying to get those things, and we're not home. We're not spending time with our family, so our family is left unguarded. We're always looking for the newer and the bigger and the better, and our families are left without us as we chase the next big thing, unguarded. And some of that can run deeper. 
Satan can plant in our minds, oh, if I just had a new spouse, it would be so much better. If I just had this, it would change everything. And so many have strayed and left wrecked homes in their wake. And so many children caught in the crossfire. Listen, what I'm saying this morning is we need to stand up and guard our hearts against that. We need to keep our hearts from those things. Dads, we ought to be there for our kids. There is one thing I am thankful for in all of my childhood. That was, I can say it was 4.45 p.m. every day. That was the time my dad came home and walking in the door. It didn't matter what day of the week it was, except Fridays he got off earlier. It didn't matter what was going on. At that time, I expected dad to get home. Sometimes it was for discipline, so I was hiding in the room because I knew... I grew up in the wait-till-your-father-gets-home household. (laughs) Sometimes I wasn't quite looking forward to it, but I knew that I could expect it. You know, that's the very least I can give my kids. Every day I'm going to be home, and I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be involved. Sounds so simple, but oh, it's so important that we are there actively involved in our families and our children's lives. We ought to, as dads, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord as the Bible instructs us to to make God the ultimate priority. Sundays come and we say, hey, we're going to the house of God. Mondays come and we say God is going to be in our house. We revolve around Him and His truth. And moms, as you bring up those little ones and you spend time with them, point them to God and His Word. And you spouses, we parents work together on the same page to guard our hearts and guard our houses. Because Satan wants in and he's going to try any way he can. Not only deception, but there'll be temptation as well. Satan will throw temptation at you. Moms, dads, teens, he'll throw temptation at you. So we need to be vigilant. Because the things he'll throw, even though the world says they're no big deal, even though we might think they're not big a deal, they're not normal, they're poison. And there's a subject I just need to touch on, and it's one that's caused mass destruction of marriage and family. And it has led to the filth we see in society. All of these grossly immoral perversions, they started out as something simpler. There's a root and a temptation that is all too prevalent and accessible. And for the sake of little ears, let me put it this way. Illicit and explicit immoral material. Everybody understand what I'm talking about? Okay. That's a poison. That is a danger. I could give you specs for the world as a whole, like some 47% of families across the globe saying it is a problem. But it's the Christian Specs that floor me. 68% of church-going men at one point or another. 50% of pastors. 33% of women. That's what you call a pandemic. And the pulpits, by and large, are silent. And we wonder why things are happening like they are in society. That's insane. That is insane. Let me be crystal clear in case there's ever been a a question on my stand. That's sin. 
It is disgusting. And the Bible clearly condemns it over and over. There's a word the Bible used. It's a good old word. Fornication. The Greek word, the Greek word for that word, porneia. There's no question what it's talking about, where it starts out. And the Bible is crystal clear, 1 Corinthians 6 and 18. Flee fornication. Run away from it as if your life depended on it. As if it was a monster ready to consume you and your whole life like a lion chasing you down to devour you. Because that's exactly what it is. It will destroy you. And there are so many that can tell you of the life that it takes and the rottenness it leaves in their bones. Guard your heart against it. Fight for your family and keep it out. Husbands, love your wives. She is a gift from God to you. Love her and be faithful to her and guard your heart against the things that would draw you away. And wives, you do the same thing. Do not ever justify it, but stamp it out and kill it and keep your eyes ahead. Proverbs 4.25, look at this. Let thine eyes look right on and thine eyelids look straight before thee. (laughs) You keep your eyes on the truth. You keep your eyes on God and nothing else. Stand up and say, I will not have that in my home or in my heart. That is the best thing you can do for your sons and your daughters is to love your wife to love your husband and show them the pure love of Christ. We know that Satan's target in this is men. And the number one cause that we see in society of what we see in society is the lack of a father figure. Don't think you've got, don't have a target on your back, men, because you do. What you need to do is guard your heart against it. Keep it out with all diligence. Oh, parents, we've got to be in the fight. Can you begin to see how important it is that we guard our heart? How important it is that we keep our our heart free from sin that would drag us off track? Even if you may not be tempted in this particular area, Satan knows your weaknesses and he will attack. So let's be on guard. So many things I could say. Let me just finish up with these couple points. Our children need us to show them the way. Our families need us to lead in a godly matter. By action and by speech. Look at verse 24. Proverbs 4. It says, Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. (laughs) We need to be careful what we say. We need to guard our heart in the way that we speak. I've had to check myself on this. Perhaps lately I've been a bit too vocal about my disdain for masks and wearing them, and I find myself kind of spouting off frustrations, yeah? I've gotten more than one reality check when I hear the very same words coming out of my kid's mouth. Where'd you learn that? Oh, that's me. Oops. (laughs) It's It's not just things like that. They say things... I know they didn't come up with it. They heard it from me. And if I don't guard my heart against some things, you know what? I'm going to teach my kids to do the wrong things. You're teaching them in your speech. Don't be one of those parents who, well, who sees 
the kids see talking all nice to church members at church and then spewing bitterness about them when you leave. You know what that can do? If you let bitterness in your heart and start to come out in your speech, you're going to teach them to do the same thing. Now, you understand we can shape them in a way that no one, no one else can. We have an impact that lasts a lifetime. Good or bad, we have an impact that lasts a lifetime. Most, most parents work today. Most parents both work today. And we've got busy schedules. And when we get home, we're tired. And there's a temptation for us, especially in this day and age, to just kind of tune out, right? Maybe it's usually through social media or watching TV or just whatever it may be. There's, there's a temptation to tune out and just let the kids be entertained by something else. It's hard to raise kids. They're always there. They've always got questions. So many with the questions. Why, Dad? Why? Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. It's not even my name that drives me nuts. Mom, Mom, Mom. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, right? They're always there, and they just keep asking questions, and they don't know how to do anything. It's like they need to be taught everything. Well, yeah, they do. And sometimes it can be really hard. Be careful against the temptation of apathy or laziness. Yeah, we're tired, but our kids need us. And too many kids are raised by a TV today. They're raised by video games and media, which teaches them what is okay or not. They don't quite often hear it from the parents. They see it. They watch it. If you think it's no big deal, you better think again. Media teaches little boys how to shoot and kill. Or it's okay to dress like a girl. Media teaches young girls to dress in a way they should not and move and act in a way that they should not. And all the while, mom and dad is too busy to notice. Mom and dad are consumed with other things. Guard your heart, parents. Resist that temptation. Guard the hearts of your children. They need us there. Look in verse 26. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or to the left. Remove thy feet from evil. You know what you need to do, parents? Ponder the path. Look at the choices you're making for you and your kids. Listen, there are some things I simply will not let my children watch. There are some things I will not let them do. And you can call me old. You can call me a stick in the mud. You can call me old-fashioned and outdated. And you can say, it's fine. It's no big deal. Say what you want. But I'm going to do my part as the head of my home to fight the battle for my kids. And if they get mad at me because they can't watch some sick and twisted TV show, so be it. Or they can't play some game, so be it. I'll be the bad guy, but I know that I'm being a shield against the external and internal attacks of the devil against my family. Guard against that. Carefully consider the path that we take as families so that our steps may be established in the Lord. I want to put that foundation in them now so they have a foundation to stand on when the attacks come against them. What we need is for some faithful men and faithful women to stand up and guard their families. Faithful moms to stand up as protection for their children. Faithful dads to lead the way. Faithful spouses to fight for their marriage. We need the church to fight for the family. 
the way society will be healed, the way society will be changed, is not by reform. It's going to be through the homes, you understand. In fact, the problems we see in society started in the home with parents who failed to guard their heart. So now you see how important this becomes. The home is the battlefield. There might be victories regarding the laws of the land. There might even, even be reform in society as a whole. That's great. But your main focus is to be your own heart and your own home. Guard it. So let's get in the fight, parents. That starts with us. As we seek to guard our hearts and our kids and our spouses. Your kids and your spouse need you to be right with God. Guarding your heart with all diligence. So that the issues of life that come from it are all square with Scripture. And if they are, that is an impenetrable defense. You realize Satan has no power against a life grounded in the Word? No power. He can't take it down because it's built on God. He will have no victory over that family. So how are you with that this morning? How is your heart? Have you let some things in perhaps that you should not have? Some things you should have kept out? Have some walls broken down in places and your family is being battered? Maybe you need to check your heart. Maybe you're doing fine. Keep at it. Take strength in the Lord and be vigilant in it. Don't let it slip even for a second. Maybe this morning you're not and you've fallen. You know what's another deception that Satan will give us is that once we fall, it's over. Let me tell you this morning, if you've fallen into sin, today can be a turning point. Today can be a day of repentance, a day of confession. Don't deny or ignore the sin that is within all of our hearts, but even the sin that you might have fallen into and has taken control. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 1, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession may be hard, but it is never wrong. You see, that blood that was shed on the cross to save us, to purchase our eternity, also cleanses us from every sin. Not just some. All of it. So my plea with you is come to Jesus this morning and confess where you might have failed. And you can find forgiveness. You can find healing. Failure in some of these areas does not mean defeat. It does not. It just means you stumbled. Maybe it's had some effects on your marriage. Maybe it's had some effects on your family. God is in the business of healing. God is in the business of restoration. And I've seen Him take many a broken marriage and restore it. I've seen take him, him take many a broken heart and repair it. 
So perhaps today what you need to find is confession and healing. And then get up and get back in the fight. For your own heart and for your family. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would take the words that have been spoken, that they might be to your glory, and that you might help each one of us here, Lord, to guard our heart. You know the temptations that come at us. You know the deceptions that Satan has tried to, to use on us. Help us in that, Lord, and deliver us from that. Give us strength that we might be godly husbands and godly wives and godly spouses. Lord, if there's any who have fallen, maybe slipped up, Lord, I pray that you would draw them and bring them back and restore them. And even if there is one who does not know you as Savior, Lord, that you would convict them of their own sin and show them Christ crucified that we might have eternal life and they would place their faith in Him before it's eternally too late. Lord, however you see fit, I pray that you use this message. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.